Welcome to the City Smack Podcast. I'm Chris Chavez. And I'm Mac Fleet. On this week's show, the World Indoor Tour came to an end in Birmingham with some record-setting performances. Mondo Duplantis broke his own world record again. Talitha Diggs didn't just settle for an NCAA record. She also went on to run the fastest ever indoor 400 by an American woman. And we also had some solid races take place in Boston. But first, before we unpack all of that stuff, I've got a nice vintage cola Olipop in front of me. Mac, do you have any on hand right now? No, I'm all out. I need to actually get another case. We're going to, so, yeah. The fun part is like next week I'm we're going to be in Boston. And so we already know where our Olipop spot is going to be. Um, but I love it. It's delicious. People have been hearing us rant and rave about Olipop. The best part has been I just got a recommendation from somebody who said that uh, it's the vintage cola, mix it with cold brew, and you've got yourself a nice uh, little mix. I didn't even think about that. You know, we've talked about in the past about cocktails, but just the caffeine fix. You can like that sounds like a good combination for, and I'm going to try it out in the next day or two. But uh, Olipop, it's a prebiotic soda with only two to five grams of sugar, actually good for your gut health, and it's delicious. Use code CITIUS25 at checkout for 25% off and learn more at drinkollipop.com. Use the link in the show notes for uh, the promotional discount as well. All right. So let's start Birmingham and make sure and yeah. make sure to tag us so we can keep doing this. I know. Yeah. We like uh, tag us the, on Instagram and Twitter. So, so you can be influenced by yeah. us. <laughs> I love that all the tags we've been getting so far. Okay. That's the best. Birmingham indoor world tour. It was a British party at that meet. Dean Asher Smith lowered her own national record, running 703 for 60 meters. Then we saw Neil Gorley take down Josh Kerr in the 1500, winning in 332.48 for the British record. The big hyped up races coming into this one were uh, Laura Muir attempting the 1K world record. She didn't get it. Uh, she ended up running 234.53. And Keely Hodgkinson ran the 800, and she ended up running 157.18, also off of her uh, British record. The big takeaway with this one is, one, Neil Gorley secures a spot for the World uh, Indoor Championships next year in Glasgow. And the other takeaway from this I saw was like, I they even in the press conference they were talking about Laura Muir versus Keely Hodgkinson what uh you know the best meeting spot would be for the two of them to race and like why don't they do it and then you have these two hyped up record attempts and they both fall short and I wonder if fans left disappointed maybe not because you got to see the two big stars but there's just like in recent weeks I feel like been a big uptick in let's get this star to race this star and do it in this weird off distance. And I don't want to continue pushing that to the extent it's like, we're getting away from just, Hey, there is just good racing in regular distance races. But this was another situation where I was just like, they could have just run the same race, like a one K or a, the Kyle joked and said the 900. But I guess Mac, what did you make of, we have big stars. They shouldn't be at the same meet. Let's get them in the same race. 
Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to what are the athletes incentivized to do? They're not really incentivized to race each other because they're not getting, they're not rewarded for it. What is either Keely or Laura like gain from racing one another and losing in that instance? Like not really anything. Um, they both won their events. They're both going to come out of it like fairly confident. So sort of like the risk reward there isn't there for the athletes yet. Um, and a lot of these meets, um, if there were bigger prize packages and maybe contracts that rewarded athletes for racing more athletes, you know, ranked in the top 15 in the world, I think you'd see people race each other more often, but it's not really, you know, if I'm either one of them, I'm probably doing the same thing. Um, just cause what does it look like on the, on the other side, if you do actually lose, um, yeah, so that kind of sucked. Uh, on the other hand, it was nice to see Josh and, and Neil race each other. Um, nice to see Neil, you know, get a win after a couple of really close second places. And um, I think he, put, he had that post that he said last year. I think, was that when we were talking to him? I think on the, the lap, ca- or, uh, the victory lap. Um, oh, yeah, you were the one to break, that he w- break the news that he yeah, was going to go he, for yeah, the Yeah, I think record. he told me, yeah, he wanted to to, to break the European record and uh, or the the British record. Which record? Record. Right. British record. Sorry. Um, yeah, and he ran terribly. <laughs> he blew up, and yeah, it was one of his worst races I think he's had in the last two years. And so he came back, didn't say anything, and got the job done in, in a great race. Look at you, Big J Mac, breaking a little bit of news big, a year ago. Big J, I gotta, I gotta get back to doing a few of those. We'll see. Um, <laughs> Neil is one of those guys. Okay, so. We talk a little bit about the point when you and Kyle retired, but there's still a couple of your former colleagues still running. Neil is one of those guys that you overlapped with towards the end of your career. I One of my favorite things about the World Championships last year in the 1500 was that you had this perspective as to what made Jake Hayward, uh, no, no, Jake Whiteman, such a good runner when he won, won the uh, 1500 gold medal. Now, with someone like Neil... He's entering sort of a similar, I would say, situation as as Jake, where he's racking off a good string of races, had a solid indoor season, and it only bodes well if he can stay healthy and carry this out to the outdoor season. So I guess what sticks out to you about the type of athlete and the type of racer that Neil is from, from your recollection of racing against him? Well, I wouldn't say, well, I wasn't in these 332 races because I was never that fast, but... Um... I will say what's really valuable about Neil right now, how fit he is, is how often he's racing and and the positions that he's putting himself in early on. He's committing to paces early on. He's confident in his fitness. And there's no way to replicate the last like 600 of those fast 15s, those competitive 15s in practice. So you have to put yourself in those positions in order to, to learn, to give yourself the best chance when it comes down to, you know, a championship final. So by racing Josh, by racing, um, you know, Ollie and Yared um, in these really fast races, he's giving himself the best chance to succeed when he gets these championship, you know, rounds and whatnot. And the only way that he can do that is by, you know, continually putting himself in that position to be competitive, to win um, in these early season races. So that's, that's what I think bodes really well for him. Um, Jake Whiteman's had a bit more experience doing that over the last couple of years. So I think that, you know, that showed last year at Hayward, 
but yeah, Neil, I think is in a similar position going into outdoors. Um, he's stacking up some really good finishes against some good fields. Um, so yeah, I would, I would bet on him right now to do fairly well outdoors. Can I take it one step further? Like indoor season, these are single races. There's no, you know, prelim semi, then the final. So now how do you get, what type of shift do you have to mentally do coming into the outdoor season to prepare for the rounds? Uh, I think a lot of these guys, I mean, as you see, everyone is doing more strength work. So everyone's like, I got to get stronger to get through the round so I can run a PB in the final. That's sort of like kind of what we're seeing now, but there's always a fear in your mind that there's going to be your heat's going to, your, your preliminary heat is going to go slow. And that's where some people can get burned. I think you saw like Ollie last year got burned, I think at a slower, slower heat. Um, and you know, it's sometimes it's just how you feel on that day, but it's, it's all about maximizing your, um, just odds, you know, practicing the tactics in, ra in races early on and just setting yourself up in training to be as confident as you possibly can. Confidence is such a huge thing going into those rounds and, and not freaking out if you're in a bad spot and being smart enough and fit enough to be able to move through the field, um, kind of with the cards that you're dealt. Um, yeah, that's, that's just sort of it be healthy and get as strong as you can. It's, it's, those are kind of the, the two biggest things. So coming up are the European indoor championships this upcoming weekend. Um, I, I believe Neil is running in it, right? He should be. Um, he, I bet you he is. Yeah. Uh, but in addition to that, Jakob Bingabritsen doubling in the 1500 and 3k Mohammed Katir, also, the world championship uh, medalist in the 1500 will be doing the 15 3K double. So really enticing matchups there. In addition to that, the European championships uh, have a slew of big names, including Marcel Jacobs in the 60, Femke Bull in the 400, uh, Carson Warholm also in the 400, Keeley in the 800. So um, look out for the European indoor championships this upcoming weekend. If you're interested in watching, I believe... It's going to be streamed on All Athletics TV, so you might have to get a subscription to that. That'll be March second to fifth. I know it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm it's going to feel like a website that you might be uh, getting a computer virus from. But alas, all right, the things we do to watch the sport. Let's move on to Mondo Duplantis. He broke his own world record for a sixth time. He vaulted 6.22 meters. That's 20 feet and nearly five inches for those who may not be as familiar. Uh, he's now improved upon Bernard Lavillanese world record from back in 2014. It was 6.16 now. So he's getting up there and he's he keeps doing it by one centimeter at a time. A lot of people have been very quick to draw comparisons to Sergei Bupka, who did uh, the world record 18 times in the 80s and 90s and Similarly, also did it one centimeter at a time to cash in on that bonus in his contract. So two ways here. I applaud Mondo for breaking it a little at a time and working his way to bankrupt Puma each time out. But do you think there's there's part, if you're just a casual fan like Mondo Duplant is breaking this world record ended up on the Today Show and they showed the clip. And the anchors were wowed by it. I showed my girlfriend the clip and she was amazed by it. She was like, oh my gosh. And it literally is kind of cool because you are 
It is a person falling 20 feet. At some point, I guess for track fans, when it happens over and over and over again, it does feel a little less special. It's the same guy just getting better time over time, breaking a, a personal best. But so I guess overall, this has its drawbacks. You can get old, tired of it, but at the same time, you can still be wowed and impressed by it and good on him for getting his money. So good for the sport, bad for the sport that Mondo keeps doing this one centimeter at a time. What do you think? It's only good for the sport. I mean, I think him doing this, it gives him the longest runway. I think it's one of the bright spots in the sport right now. So the more times he does this, the better. Uh, that event was packed. It was a pole vault only event. Both sides of that little gym were full of people. Um, and I, I guess I, I see your point similarly. People are like, oh, if Bolt wouldn't have celebrated with 30 feet to go, he would have run this many hundreds faster you know like you're left wondering right right but still like no one has jumped higher than mondo so it doesn't matter like what even if he's only beating himself by a centimeter no one still no one has ever done that so yeah i think it's only good for the sport um those events are awesome to watch they're entertaining i think that maybe some other meet directors or powers that be could take notes from those types of events um they are exciting and i think the people are enjoying them so maybe we see some more of that type of stuff um no i, I it's awesome you know yeah. why should he why should why should he jump higher i i guess it's sort of like at this point I, how many had it, it's just like i feel like this is media side of me coming out where it's like how many times does mondo breaking the world record become is, is no. it a headline and like but Think about it, though, when he hits like the 20th time, that's going to be a headline. Think about when it's the 30th time, that's going to be that's a headline. That's the key it's now, be at like... this point, is you have to mention right. how many times he's done it. Because just doing it, if you, if you had done it twice, then okay, third time, all right. But now it's starting to get impressive that he's going to be doing Next headline is Mondo Duplantis breaks the world record for the seventh time. His own world record. And yeah. so... I, I guess you can't get away with it. That's just that's how awesome. you frame things. Yeah, it, it all goes down to how you frame and how... it as an audience. He's only what twenty three, something like that. Yeah, yeah. He's he's got ten more years of this. Like, get used to it. <laughs> you know, I, I can't wait. Like, it didn't, it'll be like Monty Duplantis breaks it for the hundredth time, and like that doesn't seem so far fetched. <laughs> um, no, it no, it doesn't. <laughs> all right, moving on. Another young star. Sorry. Yeah. Is there a world record for breaking world records? Did Edwin Moses do it when he was like on his win streak? Edwin Moses was one of the most dominant. This is a good fact. Let's 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 put it out there. I'd yeah. love to know, like, who has broken their own world record the most times, right? Unless you yeah. were in an era where it was just like this week it's this no. person, this week it's this person. But that's like when w- walking was invented, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's you know. All right, yeah, we'll no see. one is right, keeping track on, Mondo. at that point. <laughs> Yeah. It's on you, Mondo. All right. Another young star that caught people's attention this past weekend, Talitha Diggs. Honestly, I thought that there was a chance that Talitha Diggs was going to go pro last year after the season that she had at 19 years old, uh, maybe 20. Runs 50.15 at the SEC championship this past weekend. Uh, won the SEC title, set the collegiate record, set the American record, 
I mean, it was impressive all around. Her reaction afterwards afterwards was just fantastic. Just mouth agape, hands to the head, in total shock. But I honestly don't think that we should be totally shocked by her talent. She's the daughter of a four-time Olympian. Uh, last year, she won the NCAA indoor and outdoor titles, then went on to win USA's, qualified for Worlds, was just shy of making the World Championship final, and then won a gold medal as a member of the 4 by 4 Talitha Diggs is big-time talent, and I forget the fact that like the United States didn't medal in the 400 last year, um, and this is the year to correct it. Talitha Diggs also, I remember, kind of uh, had some amazing mix-zone interviews last year because I think like she doesn't see any of this as like a target on her back. Like she's just got her head in the right space. She wants to be a winner and a champion. And when she was disappointed after the semifinals last year, I think it was a, the biggest learning experience. And the best part was that it came when she was 19 years old, because now I, we talk about how young Femke Bowl is Talisa Diggs is even younger. And there's so much more room for her growth as an athlete to develop into faster than Allison Felix, you know, getting up there in the, on the all-time list. I was sort of surprised that our, I don't want to call it slow. Slow is going to sound bad. I'm surprised that the American record wasn't sub 50, given how great of women's 400 meter runners that we've historically had in the U S I know that's like ridiculously fast, but like, that's how good our athletes have been. Yeah. Um. So that was kind of the first, I was like, Oh, that's an American record. Are you kidding me? And then that it's set by a collegiate, which I guess makes sense because it's the indoor season. Um, no, but just like what a tremendous run. Um, you know, all the college athletes are under like a pretty big load right now going into conferences and, you know, they're backing off this week finally to get ready for NCAA. So um, I'm excited for NCAAs because that by all means, it's it's getting even faster. So maybe we do get that sub 50. So I think we're running out of lanes in the... 400 for the outdoor season that is everyone's fantasy to break the 400 meter world record because all right so the people to throw into this race are Sydney mclaughlin a thing mo has been floated abby steiner now you got to throw in one of the dominican women who ran outdoors shawnee miller webo unfortunately can't take place in this race because she's uh pregnant for this upcoming outdoor season but when she's back you can give her a lane as the reigning world champion. But Talitha Diggs, basically after this performance, I'm like, throw her in there, throw Femke Bowl in there. That's your fantasy 400 that with all those right people, the world record could go down. Now, the only problem is who's who's cutting the check to get all these people into the same race, which is the answer. No one is as of right now. And that's the harsh reality of the sport is that we're never going to get all those people in the same starting line with the stakes that high and with the payoff being the world record. I I mean, come on, Monaco. I know, right? Like Monaco, just do it, but just do it. Yeah. You, there's egos get in the way. There's going to be two of those athletes don't want to lose to anybody. It's like, what's a world record. I mean, if you're Sydney, what's a world record in the 400 in an event that you already got your main events world record. You, you brought it up before. You, leaving the people wondering like, oh, what could have Sydney run in the open four is just as cool as like the world record because you just leave it to people to continue wondering. So uh, we're never going to get it. I think that was one of the cool parts of like 
the Mike Norman podcast interview that we did was that he openly questions like, why is our, why is the diamond league final taking place after the world championships and like, or why is the world championships taking place in the middle of our season? Uh, if you want to raise the stakes, like he brought, he's a big F1 fan, the Abu Dhabi race from 2021, it was, it all came down to that. All, everything was on the line at that Abu Dhabi Grand Prix between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. And with the world championships, yeah, you can test that in August and then the Diamond League finals in September. And it's like, you have to go about explaining, like, it's not as high stakes. If you really want to make the world championships, the crown jewel part of this sport, it has to be at the very end and like make it, raise the stakes, make it all or nothing and ensure that the top athletes are going to be there. But yeah, we're not fixing that part of the sport. We're uh, two guys chatting nope. on a podcast. We're not going to fix that. Yep. Don't look at don't look at golf. Don't look at baseball. Don't look yeah. at tennis. <laughs> don't look at the NFL. Don't look at the NHL. Don't look hey, at the- uh, I won't say much because I don't think I'm allowed to. But I did hear that there is a uh, documentary series in the works. Uh, I well, I can't say anything else. But I'll leave yeah, the listeners not, looking at that. That's not going to do anything. No, no, no. Like, I just think like, like it's not going to solve the problems. Yes, we're going to we're Mac. We cannot fall down the rabbit hole right now of the <laughs> drive to survive is going to save track and field. It's not. It's a piece that can help the storytelling and, ampl- and and engage new fans, but it's not the be all end all solution to our problems. We're not going down that ra- that rabbit hole. Can I do, can I do 10 seconds? <laughs> all right. You got 10 seconds starting can now. I do 10, 10 seconds. It's uh, video broadcast rights, access to watch the event. And a series around that, that, you know, like this docu-series. Your 10 seconds are off. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Get people now, watching first and then. Yeah. And we were just, we, we, we were just texting about this this morning. Cause there was a Twitter thread about like the rise of the numbers and the broadcast and all the different components that went into that for F1. We'll save it for another day. Another day where yeah, we're but- a little less bored. If right. you if you want to look it up, it's how Liberty Media just has moved. The case studies Formula have been one. out there. There's enough yes. evidence about it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> also, shout out Elijah Godwin uh, for going 44-75 for the world lead. He's got an absolutely amazing story. I actually want to try and get him on the podcast. He was in, in like impaled. Hurt, impaled. I was gonna say that's the right word. Impaled yeah. by a javelin. Like. Mm-hmm nearly life-threatening or i would say that is pretty life-threatening it's yeah, like that is like yeah <laughs> near death life-threatening yes yeah uh and now ends up with the fastest 400 in the world so far this indoor season another guy who like we saw at world championships rocking the team usa kit it was like oh this guy is gonna cash out and go pro but no he's still at it um and kudos to him i saw that he got picked up by the espn uh, and SEC Network uh, Instagram channels. And that's always really nice when the 400 is an event that people can relate to. They know what that is. It's one lap on the track, two laps indoors. Um, people can get their mind blown by a time that fast. Um, Just go to your local high school track. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, really <laughs> quick, I do recommend going back and listening to the one of the original episodes of Out of the Blocks, with Jasmine, Caitlin, and they did it with Talitha Diggs, one of the first guests that they had. Fantastic conversation, really funny. You get a real good sense of her personality. Um, so go and check that out, out of the blocks. They're crushing it with the sprinter storytelling. All right, BU, uh, a little head scratcher here. They had two really fast sections of the men's mile. 
And I, I don't know which one people were told was like the fast one because they were both pretty uh, even. And the first one, Henry Wynn took down the field that included Cooper Tier in 352. And then uh, Jordy Beamish did textbook George on the whole on everyone in, in the other heat. And that heat included, I believe, Sam Prakel and the whole University of Washington uh, men's middle distance squad uh, and Beamish ended up running 351 just narrowly missing Nick Willis's national record and nabbed uh, uh, just shy of the Olympic standard too right because I believe it's 351 flat mm-hmm. uh, I think it's 350 yeah so just off of that so we also saw Sinclair Johnson fly out to Boston after scratching from uh Milrose games due to food poisoning and then after like flight issues to get out to Birmingham ends up in Boston and runs 837 for 3k made it look super easy from uh the videos that I've seen um so all in all another fast day at BU I believe that's the last that was the last chance meet so another great season of indoor track at at BU but a big thing that's been talked about over the last couple days and Mac this is right up your alley because it pertains to like your former coach and also just like the NCAA is just how fast these uh, 1500 mile times have been this past indoor season. All right. So it's a slew of variety of different factors, improvement in, you know, tracks improvement in the spikes. That's a big one. Some uh, mixing, you know, pros and, and uh, collegiate athletes, although that's been a thing for forever, but it's really leveled up in the last two years. And, you know, I saw a side by side of the like 2012, 2013 NCAA qualifiers and and this year's. And it's like the top guy in 2013 wouldn't have sniffed getting into this year's meet. And just like there's what, like 100 guys who have run sub four this year. So really, the we're in a whole new different era. What have been, I guess, some of your thoughts observing all of this? It's sort of like, yeah, I mean, like. If someone would have handed you a pair of the dragonflies back when you were in college, I'm sure you would have been faster. And like, so it's not the athletes. This is not to say that the athletes from 2013, 2014 were crappy athletes. And now we're in a different, like everyone is superhuman. It's just sort of like, it's a changing of the times. Yeah. And and it's cool. I'm not one of those people that's, I mean, I'm just sort of ambivalent about the whole thing. Like I think it's really, really cool that everyone's running really fast and people are not getting hurt as much. And that's awesome. And I love that training, better training is more accessible to more athletes. I think that's a huge aspect of what's happening right now. Um, and yeah, coaches are are more aware of, I think, how to get athletes to run faster when they need to. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's all good. I don't, I don't care that kids are blowing, you know, my old doors off or my 2010 times. Like, I think it's really fun and it's, it's really exciting. And, you know, like it's a ton of different factors, shoes, training, coaches, schools, um, and accessibility to like seeing other people do things. It's exciting. I think like one Ivy league kid goes under and then there's two others are like, I can do that too. You know, that's also a part of it. Um, and yeah, it's, I don't know. It's all good. It's all exciting. So for the people probably wondering like what's going on at Washington right now with their depth in the 1500 mile, 
Can you take us to when Andy Powell was your coach? How does how does a system like his work where you've got eight guys pushing each other in practice and like everyone is getting better and everyone is at this high level? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing is culture. So you're just he's going to recruit off culture. That's the, the number one thing. I, I think it's really hard right now to recruit against NAU and Stanford and Oregon and a few of those other places. And you'd think like it'd be really, really easy for Andy, but it's, you know, you still have to fight for a lot of that stuff. Um, a lot of the, the blue chip athletes. Uh, so, but culture, culture is the, the biggest thing. If you have a good culture on the team, then it's easy to get everyone to buy in. And once everyone's bought in, it's easy, you know, to get people to run hard together and not be competitive during, not being too competitive during workouts. Um, once you get too competitive in the workouts with each other, then you start racing and that's just not, not good for a season. Um, but besides running fast, I mean, I would say traditionally Andy is not known to be like a time trial coach. So I'm sure that they don't, yeah, they're excited about running fast, but I don't think any of them really care that much. It's all about winning. It's all about scoring points. Um, uh, Andy has, what was that? 2014 or 2015 indoor team. It was all distance runners and a thrower and they won. So it's, it's, uh, I'm excited to see what happens at, uh, NCAAs next weekend. Yeah, no, it's the type of thing too. It's sort of like Joe Wascom, who won the 1500 during outdoor season. Like when you, when you talk about that culture, it's sort of like the two, three guy could also just pop out of nowhere and, and, and run really well at, at NCAAs next week. And then now you've got another name on that team. Well, I mean, Oregon swept the 15, my freshman year. So it's been we would have gone one through four. My foot wasn't broken too. So, <laughs> I mean, I was second in indoors. I, I, that's fair. To, that's fair to say. Um, I mean, it's, it, 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 this isn't new. No, this isn't shock me, you know, like I've seen this before under Andy and under Finn and stuff. So I, I'm, I'm excited that Andy's got all his guys in there and everything's going well. And, you know, Johnny's running really well. And Sam Brakel just one, two, you know, indoor titles should have been won but it's awesome oh that's there we go i got myself for later <laughs> all right uh that was bu let's move to our buy or sell segment now before we move in there quick shout out to our other sponsors this podcast is brought to you by vdot vdot is a coaching app based on the science of legendary exercise science and coach da- uh, dr jack daniels with a focus on training uh, over uh, tracking and coaching over running VDOT offers access to the highest quality Olympic style training for runners of all levels, right from any mobile device. Unlike most running apps, VDOT knows you. It understands the type of runner that you are, what you're training for, how to maximize your efforts. And with their new adaptive trainer, VDOT gives you more control over your training, leveraging your feedback to deliver real-time data, which fine tunes your workouts and leads to continuous progress with fully automated and truly personalized highly adaptive training vdot also analyzes your gps and measures how accurately you complete your training all in an effort to reduce risk of injury and train more effectively vdot is offering 20 percent off their adaptive trainer using the code sidious at checkout download vdot in the app store or visit v.com 
O2.com. I'll include it in the show notes. Choose the adaptive trainer and enter the code Sidious at checkout to save 20% off. Take your running to the next level this year with VDOT. Our other sponsor is Velis Footwear. Velis is an active recovery footwear brand designed to help you restore, revive, and re-energize before and after you train. Two years in development, this team has created the world's most comfortable, supportive, and uh, lightweight active recovery shoe in the world. Get 20% off by using code SIDIUSMAG20 with uppercase C and M in that code at Velis Recovery Footwear. Check them out today. And I'm really grateful for them. They just donated to uh, the Release Recovery Speed Project team because in just a couple of weeks, I'll be running 50 plus miles as part of a team on my way from LA to Vegas. I'm going to need all of uh, the recovery I can get in that van. So thanks to Velis for for the donation to the team and also uh, for their support behind the podcast. All right, Mac, hit us with... Uh, your buy what are you buying this week i'm buying uh peter seedler the owner of the padres let's okay. go why uh, i don't think anyone should be a, i'm uh i don't really think billionaires should be a thing but unless they're the padres owner <laughs> um no we just signed manny machado to another 10-year deal uh we're gonna sign soto next padres are getting a pennant uh it's the best man it's the best to have an owner that is like trying to win and actually cares this guy is like for the last three years have been like i can't take it with me so he's uh playing the game that other owners are afraid to he's leveraging his own stake in the team um you know to make us better and, and, and to uh you know sign these huge names it's awesome is there anything track and learn gonna... from this i'm trying to see where you're going <laughs> I don't know. Does anyone want to take out like hundreds of millions of dollars of, <laughs> of uh, loans and leverage that against the, the potential growth of, of a team or, or a sport year over All right. year? All right. We're on it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe that's the way know. to do it. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I don't know. It's it's an exciting time to be uh, you know a Padre fan, especially with the Chargers gone. They suck. They're never going to win. Um, it's a pa- Padres time. Okay, real quick, since we're on baseball, are you buying the new MLB rule changes as well? Okay, yeah. it was tied uh, to track uh, in the lap count this week. I, mm-hmm. We're both diehard baseball fans. I'm not opposed to it. It's it, it's supposed to speed up the game. These games are already going for way too long. The evidence is there. It worked in the minor leagues. I'm open to the change. Yeah, and I think the pitchers were initially, they hated the idea, but now that they they can actually strategize with the clock i think that's going to be really interesting because they can either pitch at eight seconds or they can force the batter to wait until zero mm-hmm. um so i think that they're actually allowed to play with that um uh, yeah no it's exciting i think it's going to speed the games up and that was an issue so yeah they, the other the other part imp- too imp- that I, I think was I saw the Yankees complaining about was that like now their walk-up music is shorter. And so like they can't get into that, like as much of a mental headspace or groove going into it. But I was like, you're there to play baseball. You're not there to like walk up to the plate to, you know, TIs, you know, let them out or whatever it might be. So it's like, just, just go, go back. What are the Mets going to do with the, the 10 minute long trumpet song? I know, right? If you're the closer, like you got to get a sped up version of that. Uh, good point. Good point. All right. What am I buying? I'm buying uh, Betty Lindbergh, 5K star, uh, 98 years old. 
I was at the Publix Atlanta Marathon weekend, and on Saturday, I ran the 5K and then stuck around by the finish line and got to witness 90-year-old Betty Lindbergh cross the finish line. I passed her in the, on the course, and she was crushing it, just making her way to the finish line at her own pace, broke the hour mark, uh, which is good to see, probably better than than I would do uh, at her age. Um, but the other part to it, too, is um, the most viewed Sidious Mag TikTok in history, uh, over 3 million views last I checked and, you know, crushing it on Instagram as well, YouTube shorts. So uh, Betty Lindbergh, good for Sidious Mag business, but also good for her to win, you know, her age group at the uh, USATF Masters 5K Championships. So uh, a name to remember. I'm hoping, you know, next year she's she's there so that we could uh, do it again for number 99 and then the year after that for for the hundo. Running a 5K at 100, that's that'd insane. Be wild. Even 98 I, is crazy to me. She stopped her watch at the finish line. She had like, those kudos on Strava. Yeah, she she. Her I fun. did search. I couldn't find her on Strava. You know that's going <laughs> like a like an actual well, like paper diary or something like that. But that's, I mean. <laughs> but that's can old you school. Search, can you search for anyone on Strava? Everyone knows that that doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, what are you selling? Or do you want me to go first on this one? I'll, I'll go. I'll, okay, go for it. All right. Uh, I'm selling uh, how we DQ people at championship meets here in the U.S. How okay, long we touched on this last week, but you did. You broke it down. Okay. You went off on Twitter. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous that it takes so long. I think that it should be like the NFL and whoever raises that yellow flag needs to be mic'd up and they need to tell everybody what they saw and then everyone can boo. I think booing needs to be a bigger part of track and field. Like, I think uh, you should be able to openly boo people officials all of that stuff but as someone um, coming from someone who was booed at a track meet uh, coming this is coming from someone that was booed in high school by 4000 people at a track meet and I waved everybody um yeah no i think that the i think it needs to be more public it needs to be way faster um i think you still have to pay cash in order to protest that's crazy that's an insane you have to actually have like hard cash on you like 100 bucks give. right yeah that's you have a 100 dollars yeah I, yeah to give to the protest booth that's insane um yeah and also the josh thompson getting dq'd in the in the 15 was it 15 yeah or mile um it's, it was ridiculous like i love henry you know i love sam prakel he ended up winning it didn't affect the top three places at all also if you go back and watch the first hundred meters everyone is shoving each other so like if you're not going to call it in the first hundred meters, why are you calling it in the last hundred meters when everything, all the bumping in the first hundred meters was actually more impactful to positioning. That doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, if you're going to call it consistent, like just call it consistently. Also, if you go back and watch the, I said this immediately when it happened, when we figured out he got DQ'd, I was like, women's 800. What year was that? It was when Sage heard a broker wrist Olympic trials, 2021. Uh, that's right. Olympic mm -hmm. trials was cut off by Hannah Green. Also, big fan of Hannah Green. Not her fault, didn't see her, but still cut in front of Sage. Sage falls, breaks a wrist. Now, no DQ. No DQ. And I would say that, that was more egregious. If we're calling it, like, have there been any changes to the rules? Is that public? Is it not? Like, that's, yeah. That's my uh, first sell. My, my second sell, if we're doing this quick, <laughs> concerts after track meets. People this are going to watch track meets. 
there's yeah. there's the announcement that I guess the LA Grand Prix and a couple other meets have kind of experimented with this over the years as well. But there's going to be like a headlining performer after the track meet. Now, it did finally hit me when you brought this up. The track meets are already two hours long. Yeah, they're, they're two hours long. Like, if anything, it should be before, maybe, if people are trying to, like, uh, pregame, tailgate, that style of thing. No one wants to stay after. Also, Drake Stadium is stadium seating. It's bench seating. So you're going to be on a, a metal bench for two and a half hours for a track meet, three hours if you're there early. And then there's a concert, maybe... I don't know if people are moving to the infield or whatnot, but like, it's a long time to be at a venue. You'll be there. If there's a concert afterwards. I will be there. I'll, hey, guess what? Guess who's guess who's watching the concert? Me and probably you. Yeah. So, so well, you, we might change our minds after this. Maybe but, we'll but, change but our in minds. In theory, right now, the idea isn't as appealing. Yeah, I just think it's too long. People are going to watch a track meet. And I think that you should focus on making that track meet as entertaining as possible, not the things before and after. The the event itself, like the the core of the meet could use some excitement, not afterwards. I you know, this is the it's again goes back to the point that like an NBA game from the seventies and an NBA game now, there's just so much else happening during the actual game between timeouts, between you know, TV breaks and all that stuff that, you know, we have that same thing in track. We have, you know, breaks in between events and stuff that like you can fill that gap, but it doesn't have to be necessarily anything to the scale of like a full on concert. But like there could be more stuff implemented there without it being would, too extravagant. Yeah. yeah, I would I would I would say go to any NBA, MLB, NHL, whatever, any professional game and, and just really pay attention to all of the things that are happening graphics on the board music uh video like games being played on the video board anything that's interactive you know fireworks lights all this stuff um yeah there's a ton of stuff that's going on around the game that is uh it's just for entertainment to keep you you know keep you there keep you excited keep you happy i'm gonna give you something to do where it's like uh you know that game where they put like the the baseball cap and a baseball underneath and then like yeah, it's three of was... them and they like switch I... you got to do that with like an olipop can or something like that and we'll put like uh like a track i started to underneath. do that i started to do that all right it's we're unveiling that during it's, outdoor yeah, season yeah it's, yeah <laughs> it's it's gonna take some time i gotta learn i gotta learn some more things um uh, but yeah no we should get that that is gonna happen all right all right what i'm selling i'm selling i came across this tiktok the uh today it was served to me in my for you page but there was this influencer i, I don't even know if you could call him that because he only had like fifteen thousand followers but he was running Chris. a mile <laughs> i'm just saying like he was uh running a mile at the armory and yeah i mean i've run a mile at the armory at one of these all comer meets but it's another thing to have your cell phone pulled out in the middle of it and like selfie beating yourself during the whole race like i don't understand why there wasn't an official who was just like no no phones on the track at the at the time like it was a little ridiculous i get you know people do this in road races but i went back and i looked at the actual race video and he does look as silly and dumb as i thought so um <laughs> i'm selling that in addition to that like the dude uh seated himself in a heat that he's much faster and he ended up like kicking to the win in like the last lap after he threw his phone to his to his buddy in the in the stands i just thought it was all ridiculous and um 
I'm would it have been maybe, better? Maybe I'm a little salty. Would it have been better right? to do against to race an, another influencer or maybe author with a yeah. whole production crew and everything? Would that would that have been? A little hey, bit listen, better? that actually worked because like it was a legit race. It was just you know two two people <laughs> that were in it. It was a race. Like I didn't bring out my phone. It just so happened there were photographers and there was a full it was a full on production. But the goal of that was to get people to watch the track meet. It wasn't self-serving, but it this guy filming himself was self-serving. Now, fun tangent, I've been going to the chiropractor a lot because I'm trying to work on my internet shoulders. And I was on uh the table this week and he brings up the fact that uh he's like oh i told him i'm gonna run a mile at the armory this week and he was like oh really he was like you are you familiar with author malcolm gladwell and i was like i know what you're about to bring up and he, like it was unprompted he had no idea that i was the other schmuck in the race and uh he's, the other was, you were the you were the schmuck i the was the race. schmuck in the race yeah uh who and i was like yeah you know like if you go back and watch that video like it's me versus him and he kicks the shit out of me he was like oh i was just more impressed with the fact that he ran 515 at like 57 years old and i was like yeah and it's less impressive when it's like i come through like 10 seconds later uh and and i'm half his age so yeah that i still have not lived down that race and you know i think this summer maybe we become training partners and we're going to do this together i've been saying i think i envisioned the way that i'm going to break five minutes for the mile is that it's going to take place like just had a track. No one else is around. No cameras. No nothing. Just, just two guys on the track, and it happens. And then there's no one there to believe that it ever happens because it probably won't even be in like a legit race. I psych myself out this week. I'm just trying to break five thirty. Uh, get myself back into it, and yeah, we'll see how it goes. So, but all in all, back to my point. I'm selling this dumb influencer running a mile at the armory with his phone pulled out. Uh, it was just ridiculous. All right. Let's move to Inside Sidious Mag. What else we got going on? Dana Giordano just launched her own more than running newsletter to go along with the... Oh, hold on. That means my camera uh, battery gave out. All right, Dana Giordano just launched her own more than running newsletter to go along with her podcast that releases every other week. We released a Day in the Life with Anna Hall video produced by Anderson Bobo. Fantastic work by him. I think, what is it, like 20K views on YouTube, 16 minutes long. Guaranteed you'll be a bigger Anna Hall fan after you watch that video. Out of the Blocks has an episode with Loggy uh, Tosaga Collins coming out pretty soon. You just spent some time with Rory Linkletter in California for an upcoming video. What was that? What was it? What's he getting ready for? Uh, New York City half. Oh, and nice. then he's doing uh, London or Berlin. I, London. Forget, I don't know the state. London. Yeah. Then he's doing London afterwards. Nice. Yeah, what was the what was the run? He crushed. He did a 16 mile marathon effort. Came Ooh. through in 105 through uh, the half. And uh, the video is pretty fun because there are a million people on this loop. So <laughs> I, it's, it's pretty entertaining. You joked about it, but are we actually getting like the six minute version and then like the Mac fleet director's cut where that's, it's like all of it. That's what, uh, yeah, it's like, it's, it's pretty, I mean, I yell at an old man, so, you know, I I'm think in the shocked. long cut, we're going to get that. Yeah. I'm, we're not shocked. Every time we do one of these things, I'm yelling at a car <laughs> or someone on a bike. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll do a, we'll do a short little seven minute version. And then I think, uh, we'll do like a 90 minute 
uh, unedited. For the, for the hardcore fans. Yeah, no, it was for the, how did I say it to you? For the freaks. <laughs> For the freaks, we'll get a, a yeah ninety minute version, and you know I'll, I'll have some suggestions in the uh, description on how to best <laughs> enjoy the ninety minutes. Oh gosh! Um, all right, we've got uh, Johnny Zhang working on episode two of our Empire Elite series. I think this one's going to focus on the coaches. Justin Britton is heading out to Turkey or Istanbul right now for the European Indoor Championships. Um, Mac, you'll be headed to the ten uh this weekend right yes. uh so that'll be saturday starts at 9 15 eastern time the faster sections are closer to midnight on east coast time but you'll be having a blast out there you can watch it on pay-per-view for 5.99 at sound run at soundrunning.run the tokyo marathon is also taking place this weekend on saturday night 7 p.m. Eastern time. So that's your little appetizer before the 10. Um, this week on the Sidious Mac podcast, we had Ken Rideout, who is running it. He's like, he's 51 years old, has run sub 230. Dude is an absolute maniac uh, in just the way that he trains and just his overall intensity that he brings to the starting line. Uh, so I enjoy that. And I think that's it. You know, the lap count was out this week and it was a hit. So um, that was everything in track and field this week any final thoughts mac no that's pretty much it we'll be in uh what boston next week and we'll see all from there boston next week for new balance nationals indoors get ready because uh the full serious mag squad everyone from caitlin jasmine dana david justin johnny mac kyle myself will all be in attendance all the the gang all together for the first time since the world championships we're gonna have tons of fun at new balance nationals so uh until then we'll be back in just a couple days with some more interviews coming your way i'm chris chavez on behalf of mac fleet and the rest of the city's mac team we'll see you next week